0: Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how
1: to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth.
2: We're beginning to plan a COVID Christmas.
1: Now it's lockdown number
2: two. You're ordering turkey for 10. You might want to think again. It might be best to use Deliveroo. We're beginning to plan a COVID
0: Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought Tis the season, Carrie, right? Welcome to year two of the Rona.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm just going to ignore it. Wash my hands, wear masks where I'm supposed to. Um, I'm
0: wearing a mask again, I think.
1: Are you? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm only when I, I need to
0: you found Financial Food for Thought. <laughs> this is Mark Downley. We've got Carrie Waddell. And, you know, Life's
1: too short. I'm going to ignore it. Other than do my correct hygiene and disinfecting and be cautious.
0: Yeah, I don't know what else I'm, not, I'm do. not. Yeah,
1: We can't have shutdowns again.
0: We, we need Santa Claus.
2: Every person will get every gift they uh, want on time. Only Santa Claus can keep that promise. But their items every year.
0: I guess... No Virginia, Joe Biden isn't Santa Claus.
2: There's <laughs> so out that are hard to find. Some of you moms and dads may remember cabbage patch kids back in the 80s or beanie babies in the 90s or other toys that have run out at Christmas time in past years when there was no supply chain problem. But we're heading into a holiday season in very strong shape.
0: Well, you know, I don't so know about that, Joe. You know, I, we're taping the show on Friday morning, and on the way in, Carrie, I was listening to Joe Biden's live press conference. Uh, he sounded terrible. Did is you, that new? No, I mean he's got a bad, bad cold. I, okay. I can't even believe that. You know, now
1: I thought you just meant in general. I was like, he never sounds good. No, I <laughs> no, mean,
0: yeah, not, that, not politically sounding good or bad. No, I mean, he he sounded he. I, he, the man's sick, Carrie. Yeah. And I don't know. And, and he he so he took some questions, which was unusual
1: mm-hmm.
0: after his press conference. And how did you deal with those? Well, the first question. What do you think the first question was?
1: About COVID, or how sick
0: are you? Yeah. Are you, are, are you okay, you be, be because uh, <laughs> and he had to say, no, I don't have COVID. I was tested for COVID. Probably S- as a head so cold. So he blamed it on his one and a half year old grandson.
1: Oh, lovely. Because germs are everywhere. I hate to tell it. Well, he's
0: saying, you know, I mean, who knows? Maybe he was just laughing off. I mean, I mean, but quite quite frankly, I mean, if I I mean, mean, you know, if my one and a half old was sick with a bad cold, I'm not letting him slobber all over his grandfather, whether he's the leader of the free world or not.
1: Yeah, but maybe sometimes kids carry stuff or have ca- like you don't know before they got sick and coughed right. on Grandpa. Okay, we'll so.
0: give him so so. I hope he's okay. Yeah, uh, hopefully, you know, if it's
1: a head cold,
0: um, but, it'll you know, pass. But he, we we had the the triple payroll, you know, prospects this week mm-hmm. where where. We have mixed signals about how is the economy doing? How is this going to affect your financial plan going forward? There are a lot of people that are worried right now, especially with the Omicron, the big O. Is it a big O or small O, Carrie? Still don't know the consensus. Small O. I think it's like Omega. I think it's Omicron.
1: Okay, right.
0: I, I don't know, though. A lot of people are saying Omicron. I, you know, It's whatever. another variant. It's bad, right? So, so. A lot of, you know, could that disrupt again our economy? Now, as much as the health risks of the coronavirus, which we've been dealing with now for two years, obviously now we're going into a third year. Um, don't look now, Gary, right? But mm-hmm. it's also, we've always said from the beginning, it's also the financial risk that this virus is causing. And even you mentioned, yeah, I don't think either that the U.S., Would stand for another shutdown. No. But that doesn't mean the rest of the world doesn't.
1: Right, which impacts supply chain, everything else. We already have issues with that.
0: So we had the. So, how bad is the supply chain or how, you know, is it working better? Mm. Um, And
1: I don't think it's going to be a quick fix.
0: Yeah, I don't. You know, I, don't, I had some stuff on that. I don't know where it is right now, Carrie. Um, I'll have to see if I can find it. But the, yeah. I, it, so the the question is, you know, are, can the can the U.S. corporations adapt? All right, to the virus shutdowns and the the supply chain shutdowns. Well, I know one company that's trying to adapt, and that's Amazon. Okay, okay, did you see this? Amazon is going to spend four billion dollars to make sure we can you know get the presents under the Christmas tree.
1: Wow, all
0: right, and they're just unbelievable the uh four
1: billion that's a
0: lot they're they're going to they're chartering their own ships from China. they're not going to you know because if you go right to the source I mean this is't something new right they've been working on this, so they were ready. They were, you know, I don't know if they knew that, the, you know, there was going to be such a supply mm-hmm. chain, but they, a while ago, they said, hey, we're just going to take the shipping in our own hands. Right. So we'll, we'll charter all our own ships. Um, they hired 150,000 U.S. seasonal workers. Okay. Where they got them, I have no idea. I was
1: going to say, because everybody's looking um, for workers.
0: Uh, but they had to, I remember they went to the high per hour and they were offering $3,000 bonuses. Right. That's how you get them. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you outbid everyone else. Um, so, the, yeah, so the, and they're saying it's it, 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 they're just taking a big bet because they're saying if they can survive and if people can rely and say, I'm confident that if I order my Christmas presents from Amazon, that they're going to arrive in time, mm-hmm. then they're going to win. Right. Right. Um, and the ones who can't perform will suffer. So one of the people that watched this um he said Amazon's prices were phenomenal. So it was most most companies it cost them 12 grand generally to get a ship container from China. Wow. Okay. Amazon they got it down to 4000.
1: They must be doing high volume, I'm guessing.
0: And they're they're because they they chartered in advance. Now I think a lot of people are hoping that the U.S. Post Office can keep up as well. Right. Because remember, there were a little bit of problems at the Postal Service last year.
1: Right. During, and I think there's the still been some carryover of a little postal problems.
0: Um, so they're trying to do their best to see if they can get all the Christmas cards delivered in time and all the obviously the Christmas packages. Um, they're trying to bring in about 230,000 temporary workers. Um and they're expecting nearly three point four billion parcels that crisscross the country um, increase of about four hundred million compared to last year so do they they had trouble delivering them last year and now they're going to try to handle 400 million more Gary Wow so let's see so hopefully all your Christmas packages will get on time. hopefully the corporations and I think the corporations that's what they do you know I always said on this show the people running. The largest US corporations. They're smart people. Right. They don't get to be the top. Now, they get paid. That's another discussion. Right. How much they get paid versus how much the guy working on the line gets paid. Well,
1: it should be different. I mean,
0: and maybe, and there is a gap there. Yeah. But they are the smart, the, right, the smartest people in the world. But
1: they also bring value and, and solve it, major problems.
0: Right. And they adapt. Because if they don't adapt, they lose their company.
1: Right. And they lose their job.
0: Um, <laughs> but that's good. They got those golden parachutes. Yeah, I don't care yeah. about that. So, the but anyway, so we'll see. So the corporations are adapting. Um, the question is, you know, is Inflation Nation going to bring down or derail your retirement plan? And that's what we've been talking about on this show. And a lot of people are worried about gas prices. And, and you know, there's a lot of... Discussion, you know, you always hear that discussion that when they're when the government is releasing the consumer price index numbers, whatever, that they right. they say the 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 core, they they exclude
1: groceries and gas and, and energy, energy hilarious. Right?
0: Um, and but you have to you ha- like energy gas. You have to because you it, it's too volatile. Y- in other words, right now, and that's what Joe Biden was talking about. On his press conference, on my driving while I was in here, to, to tape show, he was saying that, you know, well, three things happened. One, remember, he was going to was a couple weeks ago. He was announcing the 50 million barrels of National Reserve that he was going right. to release. He said that would help bring down gas prices. Then you had the, uh, the Omicron, which is shutting down travel again. So the demand is going down. So when demand goes down, prices go down. Mm-hmm. Right. And then. What what part of what Biden's plan was, along with the rest of his friends in the European and, and and around the world, was to put pressure on OPEC so they would drill more. Now remember when OPEC first responded to Biden's demand or right. request that they drill more, they said pretty much go stick it in your ear. We're not gonna right. do it.
1: Oh, that was such a nice way to split that mark.
0: Um <laughs> but they have now Thought second they've okay. thought twice on that, and so now, as of just the other day, OPEC has decided to boost its own production, demand, supply. Mm-hmm. They want to make money too, and they don't want to lose it. So, so because of that, that's what we're seeing now is that oil prices have come down by about twenty percent. Okay. So you you know now you're not going to see that in the gas prices quite. You know, there's a time lag, right? Okay, before the oil prices come down, before the gas at the pump comes down. It's usually could be a few weeks. But you should still so you should see the 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 peak of the rise of, you know, gas at the pump and it probably should be coming down. Now, but just so my example is this is why you don't include the energy prices in your base rate of inflation because so now you're telling me that you were mad because you we didn't keep gas prices in, in, in what we're saying is inflation is. So let me ask you, would you rather, would, would you right now, if you're spending $60,000 a year on expenses, because gas is going down by 20%, are you going to now knock down your spending to 48000 and say, oh, I guess all my other prices are coming down? No. No. So you can't have it both ways.
1: But how do they not include groceries? Because that's going up.
0: It, it, groceries is the same thing. It's a global volatile thing a lot of it depending on the weather quite right. frankly um so you, you know you, you have or the to, virus so now but this is the idea this is why customizing your own plan because when we build a financial plan for our clients we can break out expenses i think too many people are just grouping their expenses together in one big lump i think a lot of the do-it-yourself software on the internet does that mm-hmm. it doesn't do a real good job Of breaking down realistically, you know, your expenses so you can adapt and say, yeah, I do want to increase gasoline by 5% or I do want to increase health insurance increases by 5%, but I only want to increase my groceries by three or three and a half. That's the power of getting good detailed plans Mm -hmm. where you can say I can run different models. And that's what we try to to do with these. Okay, Carrie, get us started.
1: All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday on 1420 AM between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful information about issues that may impact your financial life, whether you're someone who's working and thinking about their future retirement years or what you should do during your retirement, or if you're already in retirement and facing decisions and how to create income as tax-efficiently as possible. And um, whatever that and address financial disruptors, whether it is increased inflation, market volatility, rising health care costs. Many people are worried about future tax increases. And that's what we talk about at the show. And we're sponsored by the estate planning team. And we're an Ohio registered affordable fee based fiduciary planner that's been around Cleveland and in the, in um, the greater Cleveland area more than 35 years. And what we do. We build these custom financial plans and also help people with objective, unbiased, detailed analysis so they know how short-term decisions affect the longevity of their plan or if I can see if I make this decision, what's the tax consequence or what's the long-term spending consequence or whatever. So you know... When you're making a decision, you're comfortable knowing these different scenarios, whether it's a worst-case scenario and a parallel plan. But we do that traditional financial planning number crunching. We're not investment advisors. We have clients that do that themselves, or we work in coordination with their existing investment advisors. We believe a coordinated effort because we don't look at your assets as far as we don't pick the investments or do that. We look at people's assets in terms of risk, growth and tax efficiency and how much risk they should be taking. I know Mark, you were talking about the different inflation variables, but you may have different growth rates you want to use for different kinds of assets. And, you know, do you want to be conservative on some of your qualified assets or your non-qualified and, and, and don't take on more risk than necessary. We do offer a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation, which we're happy to do in person or we can do by phone. And we're scheduling still in December and and open up the January and February uh, schedule if you want to get started after the first of the year and too busy around the holidays. But certainly if you have the time, um, we're willing to meet with you this year. Either way, you can call for a free consultation or get more information about who we are, what we do. Our website has good, helpful information and also information on our podcast. You can call 440 239 twenty ninety that's four four zero two three nine twenty ninety or visit our website at Financial dot com. That's Financial dot com. And I'm Carrie Waddell and I have Mark Donnelly with me this morning. And so
0: you know, Joe Biden talking about cabbage patch kids and beanie babies, I, I think maybe he ought to be worried about the government shutting down or not. Now mm-hmm. Carrie, I don't think the government shut down last night, right? I'm gonna no. call can you quick call up the uh the panda cam here. Let me see. Let me Google panda cam. Here it is. the Smithsonian. There it is. Okay. So, because you know, if the government shuts down, it's dark, right? Right. So and it's coming up, Carrie. Oh, right. They're, they're indoor now. Where's the bear? I, I, every time I look at this thing, the bear's not there. Oh,
1: in the camera.
0: But it's on the indoor now. So now we're on the indoor. Oh, there he is. So there's two. There is two indoor camps. Okay. You got to go to camp. So if he's if he's not. And there's two of them. So we have there's averted, two bears.
1: We we averted the shutdown.
0: So yeah, so the government must still be open. So that's good news because that could certainly be a a, a financial derailment
2: mm-hmm.
0: when the government shuts down. Right. That that's not good news. Um, so hopefully they can keep the government open over the Christmas season, and everybody can get back to work. So as I said, we had the triple play payroll week and kind of mixed but I think all in all you know coming out very positive. First you know on Wednesday we had the ADP report and the street was looking for 525,000 and it beat that. It came in at 534,000. So that was the good news. Okay? Then on Thursday we had the weekly jobless claims and they that was uh you know that was remember last week it was really a, a an anomaly you know Came in at under 200,000, which everyone was scratching their head and saying, How did that happen? This week, it came in at 222,000, which is about, you know, that is about what it, the pre pandemic weekly was, you know, with jobless claims. Now, remember, it's a difference between job, new jobs and jobless claims, right? But we, we look at that data. But everyone was waiting for today's jobs, or today, meaning we're taping the show on Friday, was today's jobs report. And that was, well, mixed. So it was a big miss on the new non-farm payrolls, where the medium estimate was five hundred forty-six thousand. The range from low three hundred seventy-five thousand to high eight hundred thousand came in at two hundred ten thousand. Ooh, that's a big miss. Yeah, and yeah, and uh, I was
1: gonna say, I was like, "Where's your button?" Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) that was um, now the but unemployment. You know, tick down to a four point two percent. Okay. <laughs> Um, and that's really probably what more the Federal Reserve looks at than the non farm payrolls right okay um and all the all the sectors you know the they said the black unemployment was way down they said the Latin unemployment was way okay. down um so that was all good news um down you know previous it was four point six that's a pretty you know that's a i mean I I don't know what how expect to load you you know you want to get it. So we'll see. So the the question is if the unemployment going gone, so maybe people are going back to work and the corporations are adapting. Uh, you know, the corporate earnings, we've been watching that all year. They've they've been good, they've they've held in there. Um and now we've just got this inflation nation worry, right? And mm-hmm. the Federal Reserve this week, Jerome Powell, backpedaled and say, we're going to retire the word transitory. Okay. And he's not going to use that term anymore. And, he, and he's saying that, yeah, this, this inflation is a little bit stickier than what they thought. They still, a lot of people think it's a supply chain. A lot of people think it's the government spending. Um, you know, what you take your, you know, pick, but in either case, is it permanent and that's what you know everybody the the questions out just for every economist that says it's permanent and and we've got big problems i can show you an economist that said no it's still transitory in the sense that in another year it will be gone the way back down as opposed to continuing back up um now so how do you deal this with what you're doing at home so one of the things is you could be adjusting, like if you just want to do it down and dirty, you know, last, I think it was the last week, Carrie Show, where you can go back and listen to the podcast. I was trying to show you, like, if you just use Bill Benjen's 4% right. rule, right? And, you know, one of the assumptions that Benjen used was how much inflation or cost of living increases you want to build into your retirement plan. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea is you take out 4% First year, but then the second year you take out three and a half percent more than the first year. He because you're adjusting
1: for inflation. Benjamin
0: used about three and a half percent to get to his four percent solution. Well, so if you were, so this is how you would modify that if you are concerned that inflation is going to be higher than that. Let's say you're just going into retirement. And you've got your million dollars. We always use the million dollars because we've always been told that's what you need to retire, right, Carrie? Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got your million dollar nest egg, and you know, but but in the case example I was looking at, the client wasn't going, he didn't need to go as far as Benjamin's 30 years. He just wanted to go about twenty-six years. So that was one modification. Because Benji used 30 years. If your time period's not 30 years, you gotta change it, right? So we changed as twenty-six. But but what we did, he said, Mark, I believe this higher inflation is going to be around for the next decade. I want to be conservative, so he wanted to use five percent inflation or cost of living increases for the first ten years of his retirement, then back it down to three percent. Okay. All right. Um, for the next you know thirteen years. So we said, okay, now, but so doing that, he but he didn't want to decrease his beginning spending amount.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: okay he still wanted to spend that four percent so to speak in the first year he just said I better but I better add a little bit more inflation in for the first 10 years can I still do that well we said well you might have to increase your projected rate of return right which he did so Benjamin's five percent wouldn't work anymore in that scenario even with the decrease from 30 years to 26 years the increase of inflation from three and a half to five percent for the first 10 years, the five percent rate of return wasn't going to cut it
1: right you're eating into the longevity of running out of money before you want to
0: so the next logical question is, well, Mark, how much would my investments have to be earning right okay if i and and, and maybe I can look at that so when we you know plug that, it came back at five point five percent
1: which isn't that much of a difference now
0: but you it, know you if know, it was a lot more now, <laughs> can you run those numbers in your head
1: most people can't.
0: Um, This is why we need the robots. And this is why we just don't go with the old general rules of 4%. It's just why one of the reasons in the background, you've seen so many articles since 1994 when Benjamin first published that, which by the way, he was, it was so unique at the time he did. It was a brilliant study. But the idea is, it's those general rules that you throw out that we don't need to follow those general rules. People had to follow those general rules because they didn't have detailed financial models that we've all been working with for the last two decades. So now we're all set up, all these, we're set up and they say, right. Yeah, we can quickly run. You know, how would you modify the 4% if you're just trying to get a down and dirty viewpoint and saying, You know, am I still in the ballpark of retiring or can I still spend this amount in retirement if this inflation is stickier than what we were first led to believe? Right. So you're not making a knee-jerk reaction. Now, in this case, he can go back to his investment advisor and say, Okay, we, you know, we were using 5%. How much more risk would I need to take on? If I want to bump that 5% rate of return up to 5.5% rate of return, Mm -hmm. can I still do it with my 50-50 portfolio? Or do I have to go 55-45? Do I have to go all the way to 60? But at least you now have a discussion point. Mm -hmm. And that will help you to the decision-making mode.
1: Right. And that's just an example of one of the things that we do. And if we run enough analysis, then people are actually more comfortable with making that actual decision of when to retire to spend more or gift if helping out their family or whatever that decision is, buy a second house. Um, sometimes it's just, you know, affording reti- um, health care costs before age 65 because they don't know and running a basic plan, but then taking it a step further, let's run a little bit worst case scenario. How does that affect you? Um, We can do that with pension election analysis. I mean, that's the detail we get into at the estate planning team, and you can take advantage of a free consultation. Um, We have affordable hourly and comprehensive retainers, um, depending on what you need. If you need a little bit of help or want help with all the pieces and parts through analysis, recommendations, and then implementing and coordination with existing advisors, our number is 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. You can also email us through our website, financialfoodforthought.com. If you Send an email. You will get a response within 24 to 48 hours on the weekend. You'll you'll hear from us by Monday. If you don't, send it again or call the office. I tried it because I had somebody last week that said they sent an email. It didn't go through. Yeah. Because we always respond. Computers
0: I'm, aren't connecting yeah, and for whatever I'm, reason. I'm
1: checking emails on weekends, so chances are you would get a reply from me over the weekend. Right. But um, you will get one on Monday. So if you don't get a reply, we didn't get it.
0: Right. Just All right. Thanks, Carrie. So you listen to Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell, and we're the co-owners Of the estate planning team, the estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And over those decades, we have certainly talked to our clients, especially our new clients or even existing clients, Mm -hmm. about, well, Mark, I'm worried about the next economic downturn. And Mm. there's no headline shock risk. Today is right. there, I mean, especially with this new omicron mm-hmm. variant potential shutdowns.
1: Oh, that would be so bad.
0: health issues a, a stock market bubble the the inflation risk mm-hmm. biden I mean I can go on and on mm-hmm. so, but the recommended solution, how you protect your family from the ex- the next economic downturn. Doesn't really change.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's, 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 and we always, so there's lots of different things you can do, but we always come, three things, you, you know, we always mention you can do. So if you are worried that there will be an economic downturn, whether that's a stock market crash or a recession mm-hmm. or geopolitical issues that disrupt the economy, the global economy, which mm-hmm. affects your economy right. in, in this country. All right, well, what are three simple things you can keep in mind? Okay, the first one is maintain an adequate cash reserve. Mm -hmm. I can't stress that enough. Even though your cash isn't paying anything, isn't earning anything, that's not what the cash reserve is for. That's what your growth assets are for. Right. Your cash reserve is to protect your liquidity and to give you the flexibility, especially if you're retired and you don't have a paycheck coming. Right. You know, you don't want to run the risk of... Either forgetting about, you know, canceling the Hawaii trip because we have an economic downturn um, or the risk that you've got to sell your stocks low to come up with the money to take the trip.
1: Or pull more money from your IRA that you don't need to that may throw you into a threshold because things come up.
0: Right. Right. But, I mean, so the idea, you know, remember, you're supposed to buy your stocks low and sell high. Right. Not the other way around. Right. So... Maintain an adequate cash reserve. Um, Some people call it a rainy day fund. Some people call it an emergency fund. Whatever. Some people use a home equity line of credit because they're saying, Mark. Especially with rates so low. Yeah, they're saying, Mark, I don't want to tie up my cash earning nothing. I'll have a home equity line of credit that's got a zero balance on it. It's not causing me anything to have it. And if I need, if I have that unplanned expense, I can just borrow on that. And then I've got my time frame to figure out how I'm going to pay it off.
1: And honestly, home equity loans are rates are really low and have been for a right. few years.
0: So and there's lots of different ways to do that, but and now people say, Well, how much should my emergency fund be? Well
1: It depends. Everybody's you, different.
0: Yeah, Everybody's different. Um it's not the it's not like the old rule of thumb while you were working that you want six months or twelve months take home pay. Well, when you're retired, you don't have take home pay.
1: And not even that. Sometimes people feel differently about what they have as a cushion or an emergency fund. We have clients that have very low reserve. That's what they want, even though, and we have other people that have a much, much higher, 10 times what someone else has because of their comfort level and peace of mind.
0: But generally we start the discussion by saying, well, here's a couple of things to remember. One, figure out whatever you want in your checking account. Just is it 10 grand, whatever, you know, cover the the, the monthly checks. Secondly, what do you have any big ticket items that you are planning on purchasing in the next twelve months? Right, new cars, travel,
1: home yeah, maintenance, wedding items. for the
0: child, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, then you might want to have that in cash, and then and then the emergency part are things that you're not planning. Or your whatever.
1: furnace goes out, your hot water tank busts, um,
0: and and that again, or the other way too, is the spending gap. In other words, let's say in retirement. You know what your expenses are and you know what your fixed retirement income is, pension, whether that be social pension, security. social security, or it could be, a, a, it could be, Now let's okay. not even throw RMDs in there. Let's just talk about fixed retirement income, okay. pension, social security, and perhaps an annuitized annuity okay. where you turned on a lifetime income. All right. Um, all right. So the difference between your true spending and that fixed retirement income is what we're calling your spending gap. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're saying. Okay, now I've got to fund that gap with my investments. So one way would be saying, "Well, what is my annual spending gap?" And maybe I want my annual spending gap in my emergency Cash fund. Reserve, right. You know, something along those lines. Okay. The second thing, rebalance your portfolio. You know, this is the idea. Don't take on more risk than what you need to be mm-hmm. okay. So let's say you were out. You were targeting a sixty forty investment allocation. A very popular investment allocation. Now you've seen a lot of headlines that the sixty forty is dead, and I'm not sure it's dead yet.
2: Mm-hmm. I've, I, I'll,
0: I'll, I do that every quarter, Carrie, right, right? when I when we, when we get the new quarterly results, and I'm not sure the sixty forty is dead yet. Mm-hmm. But that's between you and your investment advisor. But it, whether it be fifty fifty sixty four, in other words. But here's the issue: because equities have done so well over the last twenty four months, and fixed has not done so well. You may be out of whack Mm -hmm. because when maybe you started two years ago with your 60-40 portfolio or your 50-50, the fact that the equities have come up so high, you are no longer there. Your equity has gone up higher than that. Mm -hmm. So that's where professionals rebalance that. They bring that back down to the target. Are you doing that at home? Now if you're using a professional investment advisor and you don't know if they're doing that, that's a good question to ask them. Call them. Are, you know, are you rebalancing? So that that's how you so that that's why you don't get blindsided. And but when you're rebalancing, Carrie, now you're locking in the gains so to speak, right? You you know, you you're rebalancing whether stocks are high and and also if your cash reserve has gotten low, that's another way to replenish it if you' if you're going to rebalance, you're going to be creating cash because you're selling something right? Mm-hmm. So before your investment advisor reinvest it, make sure you tell them if you need any of that proceeds to help you build up your cash reserve if it's too low.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right The third thing that you can do is build a plan R. Okay. And the plan R, if you haven't heard the show recently or first time in the show, plan R is the nickname we give it to a plan. Like, plan A is your base case plan, right? right. Plan B may be a worst case scenario. Plan R is when, like, for recession or Resuscitation. Or, <laughs> yeah. Or right. uh, recovery, uh, whatever you want to say Rona. But, but the, <laughs> yes, we've used R a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea is if we do have, well, when we do have right. that next economic downturn is it going to risk or derail the longevity of the your financial plan a your current model so what we do is we tell the robot model in the next economic downturn and build that into my model keep everything else the same same spending same you know same inflation same investment rate of return but in but now, instead of assuming that we 're just going to get our five percent every year, mm-hmm. model in model in an, an economic downturn, model in a fifteen percent loss in year one, then maybe zero percent in year two, and then maybe two and a half percent in year three, and then maybe back to four five percent in the year four, you know that type of thing and now you know and, and we that 's called the sequence of returns too in right. other words if especially if you 're just going into retirement. And, you know, you have a big economic downturn at the same time where your wages ended and you're starting to withdraw from your investments. Well, if there's a big economic downturn in the beginning of those years, mm-hmm. that's detrimental. It's not so bad if it happens at the end of your 30-year retirement. Mm-hmm. It's a problem if it happens in the first three years of your retirement. Right. So let's model that in to say, okay, if this does happen, am I still going to be okay? So that's three basic things that you can do to protect yourself if you're concerned or worried about the next economic downturn again one maintain an adequate cash reserve two rebalance your portfolios and three build a plan hour to see if you'd mm-hmm. be okay if it does happen
1: and if you need help with those areas um, or are facing a financial decision or worried about inflation market volatility future taxes healthcare costs and you're spending and don't know um, you can call us for a free consultation for the free consultation. We do actually analysis using your numbers and putting it into a, a model. Certainly we don't get in the same detail as we do for our clients, but at least you're seeing based on just some information, how our plan works you know, are you headed in the right direction and you learn a lot, opportunities as well as potential problems you may not be aware of. And we do that at no cost at the free consultation, which again, we can do by phone or in person. You can call us at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com.
0: All right, so Carrie, another thing that kind of... travels around or is the idea of the required minimum distribution. And there's a lot of questions about required mm-hmm. minimum distribution. You know, we had some recent changes. You know, the SECURE Act passed in December of 19, you know, increased the required minimum age to age 72. Mm-hmm. Um, next year, meaning 2022, we have a a change or an adjustment for the uniform lifetime table. Mm-hmm. So we're going to, it's that they're extending the Life expectancies, so theoretically that lowers your required minimum because right. the life expectancies are going up. It's not a dramatic change, but no. it, you'll see that you 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 may see you, you may feel that change. I don't know, but a lot of times you'll hear professionals talk about the RMD trap, right? And when you, that's the terminology, that's usually used to, to kind of when somebody is saying that the taxpayers. Re- future required minimum distribution is going to get so high to a point that it's going to do, you know, really increase their taxes. All right. Now, if you've got a couple hundred thousand dollars in your IRA. Now, I'm using IRA broadly, Carrie, right? That's, mm-hmm. Really, that's any qualified plans that are subject to the required minimum distribution rules. SEPs, simples, KEOs, 401Ks, 403Bs, 457s. You get the picture. I'm just mm-hmm. going to use IRA on the radio. So it's 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 the so if you have a couple hundred thousand, okay, mm-hmm. that's not gonna trap you. you know, in other words, the future required minimum on a couple hundred thousand dollars in your IRAs isn't gonna be a big tax trap for you. Right. All right. But if you have a couple million dollars, it's a different story.
1: Mm-hmm. All
0: right. Um and so typically when we talk about the RMD trap, it's the individual who is at a point that they they don't even need. Let's say they retire at eight sixty five,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: they have other income sources that they they don't even need to take money out of their IRA, right? Okay, for spending. So they just are doing what they are always told to do. We'll just let it def, you know compound deferred, mm-hmm. you know deferred compound growth. You can't beat it, right? All right. Well, I guess you can beat it if it's a Roth IRA. It's Tax free. Tax free. That's better. And tax
1: free at death.
0: Uh, but back to the tax deferred growth, right? So, and then, and then, and then we even have clients, many, many clients over the decades that by, by the time they came and see us, they're already over the 70 and a half. And now it's going to be 72. But, and they're still not doing more than the RMD because they don't need the money. Mm-hmm. So they're just following the RMD path. So if you think you're in that category where you've got a couple of million in tax qualified plans and you also don't think you need it for spending and you are just planning on following, you know, when you require it, you have to take it out, you have to take it out. But you don't think you would need more than that. Mm-hmm. That is the potential. You could be trapped by that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Um, now, obviously, not everybody is in that position, but mm-hmm. we we do have many, many clients who are now looking at this. And and it's interesting, Carrie. it's coming up because they have seen this unbelievable bull market
2: mm-hmm.
0: for a long, long time. Right. And even when you had in 2020, you had the Rona recession where the S&P dropped 35 percent. By the end of the year, the S&P had double digit returns. So if you didn't panic... And sell low at the bottom,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you still came out just fine. right? Right. Um, and typically, people who fall into the category that they may have this RMD trap are those people. They're, they've been in the market. They're not panicking.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They understand the ups and downs. And they've got their cash reserve.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And they have their other assets. So, so they understand the risks. But they have another risk which is this RMD trap.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, so y- you you can talk about best-case scenarios and worst-case scenarios when you're building financial models. Now, this is a weird one, right, that I'm going to get into now, right? You have to, you know, this is one where, well, the best-case scenario in terms of investment rate of return may end up being the worst-case scenario for this RMD trap. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people don't have a good way of projecting what their future required minimum distribution. And I'm, I'm not just talking about what it's going to be at age 72. Most people got that, right, that it's, you know, it's going to be about a 3.6, 3.7 percent distribution in right. year one. But not over the decades, we've been helping new clients when they come in, not too many of them really have an idea of what the projection future required minimum distance would be for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. All right, so we have to show them that with the models, right? You know, and the robots can do that for So I'm going to just give you an example of that, Carrie. I'm going to use a million and a half. Okay. And so I'm taking a 65 year old couple who, between the two of them, have a million and a half in tax qualified plans. Okay. And they're in that position that I just described. They don't need it.
1: For spending.
0: They're just going to wait till required minimums begin at 72. Mm-hmm. And what rate of return do you want me to use, Carrie? Mm, five. Five. Okay. Bill Benjins. Okay. Okay. Um, the 4% rule used five. So if we use 5% rate of return, all right, so they're a million and a half. So by the time it gets down to age 72, you know, those eight years, right? Okay. They're going to that million and a half is going to grow to two point one million. Right? OK, so the required minimum, you know, the new divisor that's starting next year is going to be twenty seven point four. That's the joint life expectancy right. now. Right. Of somebody seventy two and a phantom person ten years younger. Right. So they're combined. You know, there the, are. So the RMD is going to be seventy seven thousand.
1: OK. All
0: right. Now let's jump down. All right. Let's jump by age ninety. Okay. What is their army? Can you do that math in your head, Carrie?
1: No, but I know it's going to be a lot.
0: $156,000. Mm-hmm. Do you think now maybe that is shooting them through one of the thresholds they don't want to go through?
1: And maybe even depending on what else is hitting their tax return, so could the 70000
0: Perhaps, yeah.
1: Especially in a year, maybe you have cap if they're in the market, now, their capital gains. Now,
0: what if they're unlucky enough to live to age 95? okay so now what do you think the rmd would be at age 95 again this is based on a five percent rate of return and just volume okay 170 very good carrie 168
1: all right about and 160- i did not look at it no that's I very swear good. Yeah,
0: about 168 all right um and it doesn't start coming down until you really get to the age 100 80, 98 right. 99 at that point it may be becoming. And remember,
1: bad. it's only if one of them is living because the spouse would assuming it's not a that it would be a spousal too. If you say, "Oh, both of us won't be," well, the spouse does a spousal IRA and still has to do the same minimum.
0: So, so one of the things when when we have a client who comes in and under this scenario and say, "Well, I was just planning on following the requirement. I don't really need it We say, "Well, you know, sometimes we say, well, maybe you ought to spend your IRA before the government does.'" That's usually one of our first recommendations, Mm -hmm. because a lot of people think that if they just follow the required minimum distribution by age 90, it's probably going to be pretty much gone.
1: Well, in that case, what's the balance of their IRA at 90?
0: So in this case, you know, starting at a million and a half at age 65, assuming a 5% rate of return and just following the required minimum under the new uniform life table, at the end of year 26, which is your age 90... Okay, their IRA balance is $1,837,000. So not it's
1: a, more than what they yeah, started not with. Not
0: exactly zero yet.
1: And they took out distributions at 72 to 90. Right. Now, what is it at their joint life expectancy?
0: That is, well, that's 90. 90 65, okay. that's about 90. What
1: about 85?
0: Okay, at 85, they've got over $2 million.
1: See, so, or do you really have a pile of money? Maybe I would have, should have, could have, right. whether it's spending and spending can mean even do making your life easier, helping your kids.
0: But Carrie, let's just for fun, say the client says, Mark, God forbid, what if I get higher than 5% rate of return?
1: Okay. right. Which is such a nice, <clears throat> not, it's not a problem. Necessarily.
0: What if we got 7% rate of return?
1: Wow. That'd be terrific.
0: Okay, now seven percent rate of return is about the the rolling fifteen year average for a sixty forty portfolio. Okay, using sixty percent benchmark S and P five hundred and forty percent the Barclays aggregate bond. You know, so again, so that's about the fifteen right. year average rate. Remember, I said a lot of people are that's what they're zeroing. Right. So now I'm going to give you these numbers at a seven percent rate of return. So now your RMDs begin at eighty seven thousand. Let's call it eighty eight thousand. At 72. Now, what do you think the RMD is at age 90 for this couple now?
1: 200?
0: 250,000. Now, do you think that may be shooting you through a tax threshold
1: mm, in the future? Not even a tax threshold. What about your Medicare B premiums?
0: Well, that's, yeah. The IRMA adjustments. Yeah, IRMA adjustments.
1: Capital gain. I mean, there's a lot of things that could impact.
0: And by the way, if you live to age 95, it would be cl- about 295,000. Now, what do you think the balance of their RMD is at age 90, under a 7% assumed rate of return?
1: Over It's got to be over $2 million, two and a half.
0: $3 million. Okay. Who are you saving it for? Right. The
1: government. Right. The government right. loves that.
0: But, Carrie, what if they could get an 8% rate of return?
1: Each and every year? I or? don't
0: think there's any listeners out there who possibly think that or have an investment advisor who's telling them, oh, don't worry, we, we can still get 8% a year. Do you care? Each and
1: every year? That'd be awesome. Now,
0: again, I'm not saying you can get 8% a year.
1: No, you're just saying we're using that assumption in the model.
0: I'm just saying if, God forbid, you got that, what that would do to your minimum distribution trap. Mm-hmm. Now, by the way, the, the 50-50 allocation portfolio – a recent ten-year, that was about eight percent rate of return. Okay. Just just throwing that out there. Hmm. Okay, fifty-fifty portfolio. Vengeance fifty-fifty. Right now, so at eight percent rate of return, they'd start their RMDs at ninety-four thousand. I'm rounding up here, ninety-four thousand. By the time they get to age ninety or their joint life expectancy, it'd be three hundred and sixteen thousand. Hmm. Mm. You think that could be causing you a tax trap later on? -hmm. Because now that's the minimum you got to take out. Um, By the way, your your IRA balance at that point is three point eight million. But Carrie, you know, I had one client, and he said, "Mark, you know, what would fifteen percent rate of return?"
1: Oh, that's crazy! Really?
0: And that was my response to him, right? Mm -hmm. And he's saying, "Well, no, no, Mark, don't miss. I'm not going to run my plan assuming a fifteen percent rate of return. I just want to know." and and I said well why on earth would you want me to use 15% so he pulled out his port, his history of his portfolio and proved to me that that's what he's been getting forever okay so in his mind it was quite possible okay now I'm not recommending that and he's not and we're not using a 15% rate of return to figure out how much spending he could do he just wants to see what is the rmd trap risk if he does that mm mm-hmm. mhm now Carrie's whose plan is it? Is it my plan or his plan?
1: It's our client's plan.
0: So if he wants to run that, what do I say?
1: Fine, we'll run it.
0: I'll run it. That's what the robots love. I mean, right. robot doesn't make judgment calls.
1: But sometimes people need to see all these scenarios.
0: So, you know, now at a 15% rate of return, his RMD would start at 145000 And Carrie, do you know what it would be by his age 90? I have agent. no idea. One million five hundred and nineteen thousand. That's the RMD. No,
1: not the balance.
0: The balance is nineteen million. <laughs> Whew. Now, if he lives to a hundred, they live to a hundred. Mm-hmm. The RMD would be three million six hundred five thousand, <laughs> and the balance would be twenty two million.
2: Mm.
0: So you you get my point. It's the idea that sometimes when you're running financial models, you have to look at different risks. Mm-hmm. So the idea is you that that's why I call this the best case, worst case scenario model. Mm-hmm. So it's just the idea of saying, hey, if if I do get good rate of return, like historically, a sixty forty portfolio is and again, you always know the disclaimer. Historical performance doesn't mean what it's going to be in the future. Right. All right. You know, I don't have to tell everybody that disclaimer again. But the idea is, at least if we're running this for you, it may be putting you in a decision making mode. Mm -hmm. In other words, well, Mark, what are my solutions if I am worried that that RMD could trap me later on? Well, I already told you the first one, Carrie. What was the first one?
1: Rebalance? or No, no, no.
0: Come on, Carrie. Spend your IRA before oh, the do government does.
1: Oh, I was going to say, yeah, you want to do distributions oh, you're talking about, I'm not talking about those
0: right. economic like downturn. I'm talking about keeping away of the RMD trap.
1: Oh, yeah. Start using it before 60, or if you're, especially when wages end, start taking it out. If you're not using it for spending, convert it to a Roth. That's the second tax. one.
0: There you go. What about converting to Roth? And Now, see, a lot of people are worried that the government's going to take away the Roth conversions. Now we saw that in the House Ways and Means originally. Then we saw what the House passed in the bill back better. And now the Senate we maybe will get an answer by Christmas. But I don't know. You know, President Biden, even this morning, I was listening to him on the way in and saying no one under 40,0 is going to have a senior tax increase. So, anyways, but could they take Roth conversions away? So some people are saying Who knows? maybe you can do so. Maybe you want to do a Roth conversion, so you're getting all that growth tax-free in the Roth IRA, or like you were saying, if you're leaving that to heirs would go tax-free for them right now they still have to get it out within 10 years and you can imagine if you you can imagine if you're leaving one to two million dollars to your children and they have to in an ira and they have to get that out in 10 years Mm -hmm. that could affect their taxes too but
1: getting a roth out in 10 years is zero tax to your beneficiaries too
0: the other thing you may want to start looking at charity right right you, you know and that would be bunching, get taking big charitable deductions, or qualified charitable distributions mm-hmm. that can l- reduce the future trap of an RMD. So those are things we'll continue to talk about. Okay, and so with
1: problems, there are opportunities, and you can call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com.